All right, uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lisa's any- pet name for me is... Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He is Craig Bowler, Jack Bowler. Are you still riding high from the Chiefs win? Oh, yeah. You know, I I tell you, I was a little guy when it all happened back in 1970. I mean, that really dates me. I get it. But 50 years and... Super Bowl 54, Super Bowl 4, Joe Cap, uh, Lynn Dawson, um, and the Chiefs win their first Super Bowl after uh, losing to Lombardi and the Packers in Super Bowl 1. Come on, man. you got to admit, that is a long, long wait. Would you not agree? 50 years. I mean, that's generational. Come on. Yeah, I'm riding high. Yeah, it's a long time, Bowler. And uh, you had to like the way they came back. They've been doing it the whole postseason. It was exciting to see. It was. The final seven minutes of that game, the Chiefs just came alive. They did. You know, Gordon, I tell you, I don't know what it is. You can't – and you always say, you know, each game you just can't depend on, you know, making these miraculous comebacks. But in this playoff series for Kansas City, it was it was an amazing thing. Very cool and calm. Uh, there was no panic. Um, but I'll be honest, I thought the 49ers played a terrific football game, a really tenacious D, uh, and then all of a sudden a couple of, um, you know, quirks, a couple of turnovers. I mean, Mahomes had gotten picked twice, and then, you know, they just got a drive, and they made the big play, and then all of a sudden you saw the Niners almost kind of say, oh, golly, not again, uh, the way the Chiefs have been playing all postseason. So it was great. Yeah, that seven-minute – that last seven minutes was um, – kind of Kansas City Chief football, kind of kind of the way they played all year long. And I guess you tip your hat to Mahomes, who has that, you know, comeback ability, and he just stays cool and calm for such a young guy. It's, it's an amazing thing. So, uh, it's well, rare. It's rare to have that. Let me ask you this in the context of the Jazz. We oftentimes wonder, uh, speculate about what it would be like if the Jazz won an NBA title and how the city would respond to that. Oh, my gosh. How did, how, how did Kansas City – I mean, you're very familiar with that area. How do you oh, yeah. think they responded to it? Uh, what did it mean? Well, it meant everything. I mean, again, it's a generational thing. You, you pass the Chiefs' legacy down to the next guy or the next, you know, your daughter or, or whomever. Um uh, you know, I got a lot of friends back in Kansas City uh, from from our K State days, and I, that's where I grew up. And I went to every Chiefs game I could uh, up until the time I, I went to college. And uh, the bottom line is, it's the same. I, I really do feel a similarity between what this city, the Salt, Salt Lake City, and what Kansas City is all about. And by the way, that's Kansas and Missouri. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's both. It's both sides. Because the, the love affair with that team is very deep, and uh, it, it's 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 something that I hope that this city, Salt Lake City, can experience one day. Because look, ninety seven and ninety eight, it's almost like become a generational thing. Like BYU's national championship in eighty four, uh, that's a long time ago. And eighty seven, or excuse me, seven uh, eighty seven, ninety seven and ninety eight. Are, are are beginning the, the years are creep, creeping away right with a new generation of jazz players so i think that that need desire and want is very much there uh with the, the likes of you know quinn and and what uh, rudy and donovan bring and all the others so i know kansas city's been on fire not literally but emotionally for three days and the parade is tomorrow and i i, I it's just something i think you know, cities need to experience, and it, it is the coming together of 
it doesn't matter what side of the fence you, you sit on, and it doesn't matter religion or red or blue. Uh, it's just it's just an amazing thing, and, and Kansas City is will obviously be as one, uh, and they have been for the last few days. It's amazing what a sports team guys can actually do uh, to a city, to a to a, a to an area, a demographic region, and I think the Jazz would just this this city would go crazy, right? I mean, Main Street, wherever they decide to go, take it all the way, Main Street, you know, uh, State Street, take it down to, to St. George if you want. But I think it'd be crazy, and it'd be fun to be a part of. It really would. Craig Bowler, Jack, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, switching gears to the Jazz Bowler. What? And I want to leave this this question kind of broad and open-ended to take you, you can take it where you want to go, but what have you seen these past four games during this losing streak? What are you taking from this? Well, I see space defensively for one, and that means you're not playing, you know, belt high or in the, you know, you're you're just not attacking your opponent uh, defensively as as much as the Jazz were before. And that's number one. Number two, I think again, you have to look at the the way that the Jazz had won against you know the the sub 500 part teams, and now you're taking on teams that you're going to have to go through honestly to win a Western Conference championship, and so that's what's unsettling. Um, and again, what's coming ahead is no easier. You got Denver tomorrow night, Portland uh, the day after, and then we hit the road for a back-to-back against Houston, Dallas, and end with Miami. By the way, who's no? Uh, is, that's not a soft game whatsoever coming out of the East before the All-Star break. So, I think that's concerning because of the teams you're playing, and you had an incredible run, and it was it was perfection. Honestly, it was def- defense and offensive perfection during during the run for the Jazz over those 21 games. And, you know, you had two guys. I, I Gordon, you know, goes for 50, and the other night you get the 51-point game and uh, from, um, from Damian. And I guess the thing for me is guard play has always been kind of an issue for the Jazz in the sense of guys who get off and are able to score in – just in, in masses. And I, I think that's the one thing about defense is if you give them some space and if you don't rotate, I heard Gordon say before, before I came on, is that, you know, Rudy Rudy is obviously the centerpiece of all this, but he can't do it alone. And so you, you have to rotate, you have to get physical, you have to body up people, and you, you can't, you have to cut the space down between when they take a shot and show them a hand and come out to them and actually be on them. You've got to make it more difficult. And I think Quinn would echo those those words. I'm sure, you know that's that's been you know the um, the rallying cry, and but you're playing at a higher level teams, and and people will say, well, look, we got through what we had to. Yeah, the this, the Jazz haven't changed that much. I think that the fact is you have to just still have to work at it on a consistent basis. The error for um, is so small for this team. You have to rotate. You have to communicate. And you have to really get into guys, let's be honest, jocks, to, to get the job done. And that's not happened of late. And also teams have been hot. They're, hit, they're shooting shots and making them. And I don't know if that's an anomaly. We're going to find out because we get a second rotation with Denver and Portland coming up at home. And I'm, I'm really anxious to see how the Jazz uh, recover uh, from the last four games uh, to go up against these next two opponents. So, Bowler, you don't think the Jazz are physically uh... – not able to stay with these players who are scoring on them, or do you, uh, how do you 
Are they physically gifted enough? Are they athletic enough? Uh, or, as Jake has pointed out, are they tall enough uh, in the yeah. case of a Mike no, I, Conley? Hey, that's a legit question. I think they're, they're able, but you know what size does come into play here? Look, when you put Conley back as a starter, he's a six-footer, about 175 pounds. The Eric Gordons and the Westbrooks of the world are a much more bully type of basketball player, and that comes into play in this whole equation. Totally. I, I get it. Um, and so also with the rotation the way it is, and again, look, you can start a player or whomever finishes. I know Quinn likes to say it's it's how the game finishes and who's on the floor, and he doesn't put a lot of stock into starters. But, you know, Royce O'Neal is your stopper defensively. He doesn't give you much of an offensive punch. Uh, you know, he does have three point that three-point range. But at the same time, bringing it off the bench – uh, with Jordan Clarkson intrigues me. But again, it's the transition of getting Mike back in as a starter. And that's tough to do more than halfway through the season, guys. Let's be honest. Uh, the Jazz were rolling the way they were with the starting five they had. Mike is part of what they want to do and what they plan to do to get this team to the top. And so I think, you know, reading Twitter and all the social media stuff, I get it. Um, you know, the Jazz were on a roll. And then you have to, you know, reintegrate another player back into the starting five. It's not, it's not easy to do. But that's what the Jazz are going to do. That's what they want to do. And until it proves that they can't do it, then that's the way it's, you know, that's, I think that's what they're going to do going forward here. But um, defense is number one. That's what Quinn built this foundation on in the Jazz. But Rudy, again, as I go back, he can't do it by himself. There's got to be somebody who can rotate and help. Uh, he's out on perimeter. A lot of guys on big guys like tomorrow night against the uh, against the Joker. The guy loves shooting the three, so they got to be aware of of help defense and making sure any back cuts that Rudy's covered. And that's a difficult thing to do because I think again, uh, Rudy is so good at what he does uh, that sometimes they forget that he's not he's not there. He won't be there to help them. They have to help themselves, and they got to help him as well. I know that's kind of a long winded comment but there are so many factors here guys i think and you know you can break it down all day all night but uh, hopefully the jazz figure this thing out over the last two days it's good to have practice before you start this uh, final five game uh, stretch to the uh, to the all-star break what do you think's going on with joe ingles bowler everybody kind of blamed it on him coming off the bench at the beginning part of the year and mm-hmm. lately he hasn't he's been struggling again well, here, here's my take, okay? Um, let's just break down the Blazer game real quick because when Conley and Donovan, they, they go 41 shots between the two guards, and then you go Bogdanovich with 11. There's only so many shots to hand out in that starting lineup, and Clarkson is pretty uh, a high-volume shooter when he comes off the bench as well. So I think Joe is kind of left in a lurch of of really trying to work his own shots, develop you know working for his own own look. It was kind of like what Hornacek had to do in in the old days with Jerry and even Harpering, you know, didn't coming off the curl. I mean those those shots uh, mostly were Malone, Stockton, and 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 just you know it was more of a power offense at the time. This is more of a finesse offense, and so I think Joe just is a guy who distributes more, particularly now with Mike in the starting five because he demands the shots, as does Donovan, as, as does Bogdanovich. So when he's off the floor, Clarkson gets his looks, and Joe's kind of set there to take, in, what did he take two shots against the Blazers. He had yeah. five assists, which is what his season average is. So I think it's the fact that just not a lot of balls, not a lot of touches are coming his way. Um, and, you know, he and Gobert have a really good combination 
Uh, and Rudy also, I think, uh, probably is going to have to adjust down this stretch as well of, you know, getting some plays at the rim and uh, getting what he does best, and that's, you know, putting the ball in the rim and, and dunking it home. So it's a work in progress. I hate to say it, but I think it is when you try to, you know, work another starter back into the lineup of Mike Conley's stature, and uh, I think everyone has to adjust, and it's not easy to do. Well, that's a great question because is there a way the Jazz can share the ball and take better shots uh, and not necessarily have to give, say, Bogdanovich a certain number of shots? I mean, Joe has a better shot, and it limits the number of times Bogdanovich can fire one up. Is, is that a positive, or do these guys have to get in a rhythm? Yeah, I think it's rhythm, but also look what the Jazz did during the, the incredible run, Gordo. I mean, they passed the ball crisply and confidently, and they gave up shots to get better shots. And sometimes I was going, wow, you got a little open, you know, 12-foot look, and but you go corner three. And, you know, whether that was to George Niang or to Jordan Clarkson or to Donovan Mitchell or Bogdanovich, Joe was kind of the head of the snake of that, to be honest, when I look back at it. And he also helped. I thought Rudy take his game to an incredible level as well, offensively. And Rudy's doing his own thing on the defensive end and rebounding. But Joe's really the facilitator for Rudy. So it's 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 going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really uh, anxious to see how the Jazz adjust, adapt to Mike and what they're going to do tomorrow night against teams, again, that you have to beat. Denver, Portland, Houston, Dallas, Miami. Uh, we're kind of halfway through that 10-game stretch, and so far the Jazz have struggled uh, with those with those teams, and they've given up big games to Gordon from Houston and uh, Lillard from Portland. And uh, it's hard to counter guys who are going 50 plus, right? I mean, Donovan can only do so much. He had an off night uh, prior to the uh, uh, Blazer game, or excuse me, yeah, the Blazer game. Uh, so I, it, it's. I hate to say it because Jazz fans don't want to hear it, but it is a work in progress. Uh, again, when you try to implement another high-level starter into your lineup when missing you know, those 14 games with a hamstring, and then teams, you know, the way that they're defending the Jazz as well, that comes into play in, in, in the whole game plan too. Bowler, before we let you go, we've been we've been teasing Gordon a little bit for wearing a lot of green today, and uh-huh. we wish you were in studio to let yeah. you in on the joke. But just to kind of describe what's going on here, have you ever seen? Uh, you remember the great Gazoo from the Flintstones? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, one of my favorites. He's got a little bit of that going on. A lot of a lot of green. Really? Does he have like a space helmet on too? I mean, no, 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 no. It, it could. It's a green hat though, <laughs> like the great kazoo would wear. It's a master's hat. It's green. oh, a master's and, hat. And, and like so, describe Gordo. Is it a sweatshirt or a? Uh, it's a sweatshirt. What do you, it's a sweatshirt. Yeah. Sweatshirt on green. Yeah. And I'm really regretting wearing it, but I love this sweatshirt because it's so comfortable. But the green hat with the green sweatshirt seems to have freaked everybody out around here. Has it, hey, hey, Jake, has it made his skin kind of look green as well? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, there's a like, almost like the, the, the sweatshirt is such a loud green goal, bowler. There's, yeah. a, there's like a reflection. Reflecting up onto yeah. his face. And then you have the cap that kind of deflects it down. Right. He, yeah, he looks yeah. like he's seasick. Yeah. So, so bowler, I mean, I've always, I've always been an advocate for world, world peas yeah but um peas <laughs> at least you're jumping in on the joke so he, your your world your, it's it's the green of 
of peace, right? World peace. Yeah, I guess. I, but I, it really was a, a, it was a wardrobe mistake. Really, what it was. Is it a malfunction, Jake, or is it? Is it a, no, a, no, no, no malfunction. Thank, thank goodness everything <laughs> is functioning, Bowler. Bowler, do you, ca- do you care to comment on the Super Bowl halftime show? I just love the game. There you go. Yeah, and the outcome. Um, I did kind of. I did check out halftime. Um, great dancing, by the way. So that's all. That's all I. Skill. I can say. Skill. Great choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Great choreography. I thought they were very. It was on time. They were very. Uh, yeah. They they danced well. It was on time. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. on time. The hips time. did not lie. Yeah. They no, did not. No. No. no I mean, for some, it was more. entertaining. For others, uh, it was not. And uh, I guess if you could get to the off button for some, it was great. If you kept it on, it was great for others. It just just depends on on what you we were looking for at the halftime. But two talented ladies, obviously, and um, it was a very, a very energetic halftime. I thought and so. an energetic fourth quarter. Those final seven minutes, that's all that counts. Yeah, to set me. the stage. Well, it did. Yeah, maybe it did set the stage for the final seven minutes. Absolutely. Well, but I know that Kansas City uh, is, is, is excited. I got some buddies taking the day off to go down for the parade, and uh, it's, it's going to be great. And I hope one day, honestly, and I, I think Jazz Nation is, is um, prepared, hungry once again for a run if, if the Jazz can find their way. Uh, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, you've got to go through some pretty good teams to, to make it to that level. And so, uh, you know, these next five will tell us a, a lot, I think, before the All-Star break. Well, we're glad you're riding high, Bowler. Keep it up, and we'll see you at uh, right here at the arena, uh, arena tomorrow. All right, guys. Great talking to you. See you soon. See you, Bowler. Thanks, Bowler. Craig Bowler, Jack, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I like the the kazoo comparison. <laughs> Did you the the great kazoo? Yeah, I I tweeted out a meme. You could you could see how you stack up. Okay, <clears throat> I can take it. <laughs> you have done a good job all day, and you even made a peas joke in there, Gordon. Uh, I got that. That was good. You, you jumped didn't get, on board. You didn't get it first. I got it. You hesitated. Well, it wasn't a good joke, <laughs> but but True. it was a joke. Yeah, world peace. World. Yeah, we got it. You get that? W- I still H- get it. W-H-I-R-L? Yeah. A world? No, I didn't get a world. Like W H I R L E D world, like world peas. Was that a thing? World peas? Yeah, you can world your peas. I was just peas. thinking peas. You've We're, never you've never world. That's your not peas? a saying. World peas. You can world peas. You whirl them. It's a world piece. <sighs> okay. Literally no one picked up on that. Yes, they did. No way. Austin did. No, not a chance. We we got the peas part. Because well, peas, why would I say peas world are peas. green. World? Like whirling peas? Yes. Like the tilt a whirl, but peas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It just makes it that much funnier for everybody who did get it. Hmm. All right. We'll have more coming up next. It is the big show. Stay tuned. I really regret this. 97.5 and 1280 the song.